0: Hey guys, welcome back to Uncharted Faith. We are in the finish line. We are less than a week away from Christmas. If you like what you hear, I would be honored if you would subscribe to this channel or share it with a friend. Um, here we just simply talk about faith in, in real time and recovery in real time and recovery can be anything from addiction to a mindset to, um, you know, recovery from abusive relationships and oftentimes that abusive relationship can very much be with yourself and uh but today we're not going to talk about abuse and all that all that good stuff today what we're going to talk about is now is the time i know that as 2023 is coming to an end that oftentimes the desire is to start setting these new year's resolutions right so you know we're saying goodbye to 2023 and we're looking forward to 2024 and so my my heart and my prayer with you guys is that we can discover the beauty and the promise of now. We can discover that God's not done with 2023 just yet. I apologize I'm a little bit <laughs> uh taking my dog out for a walk. Um, and I must say that the downtown skyline is absolutely beautiful this time of morning. It's about 6.30. But I believe that God has something to do with us right now on December 19th, which is my older sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Heather. I will let her tell you how old she is. The age she begins to be a problem for people. But anyway, 2023, let's get to the bank. I believe that now is the time. I think now is the time to start dealing with those insecurities. Now is the time to start changing the diet. Now is the time to start doing things that improve our life and to be better. Not January 1st, right now. Today is the day of salvation. That is what God teaches us. God teaches us that everything right now is not happening by mistake or by accident, that he is working everything together for his good. And there are two forces at bay. Sometimes what man meant for evil, God can use for good. And what that means is that sometimes It might look evil, it might sound evil, and it might be evil, but in the hands of God, God can do absolutely anything and everything with it. How do I know? Look at my life today. My life is testament to that today. I get the honor and the privilege to go into people's homes and not like a crazy person or not because I'm feeling something, but I get to go into their homes and I get to love on their loved ones, their loved ones that have encountered disease or aging, or whatever it is, like, and oftentimes, several times now, I have encountered families that they went in for a minor surgery and they came out paralyzed. And this isn't Grey's Anatomy. This isn't, Yeah, uh, there's another show, New Amsterdam. This isn't any of that. This isn't TV. This is real life, and so when these things happen, and when these people get paralyzed or they're confounded to wheelchairs, the insurance company just doesn't pay all of this, and all of a sudden, you know, their careers are cut short or their retirement is taken from them. Many of these people that I've met that are older and that are aging—yes, I've met people that are 95 and and are still running marathons and are still doing the most of it—but there is a vast majority of the older community that their retirement days did not look like what they want. They're not on the street Maybe their loved one passed away earlier. Maybe you buried your husband or your wife this year. And I'm so sorry for that. I'm so sorry for your loss. And I know that it's hard. I know that oftentimes a piece of us dies with them because a part of who we are is found in them a part of who we are has been ingrained and enmeshed in their life and that isn't a bad thing that's a gospel that's a soul time that's saying i was connected to this person and now that they're gone i don't know what to do maybe it's the ending of a marriage maybe it's the ending of a friendship maybe it's an ending of an employment all these things we get tied into these things and they become part of who we are but as we finish. 2023 as we look at that finish line of december 31st into january 1st i want you to know that it ain't over and it ain't over when this fat lady stands up to sing and if she's getting up to sing you sit her down because it isn't over it is today it is the day that we get up and we brush the dirt off our knees if if you are in recovery from addiction and you've been relapsing this year it is not the time to sit here And to cry and to moan about all your failures and woe is me. Stop it. If you were breathing air this morning, you have purpose. I don't want to hear any of this nonsense that I'm not enough and these relationships can't be restored. I'm sorry, but I'm just walking in faith today. I'm just walking in who it is that God says I am. And I don't have the mansion. I don't have the thousands of dollars. I don't have the thousands of dollars. Okay, I have thousands of dollars. Um, I don't have all these physical, external things that the world says that I need to make me a, a success. I am 35, Christian 36, and I'm not married, and I don't have kids. And sometimes, sometimes, people look at me and they say, what's wrong with you? And I can just keep me talking and say, nothing wrong with me. but girl, no, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be. And I want to tell you that while I was struggling with alcoholism, I was still exactly who I was supposed to be, because God had grace for me then, and he has grace for me now, and so I might be sober, I might be going to work, I might be doing the things, but nobody cares about all of that. What I care about is who it is that God has called me to be. And yes, and I'm not saying nobody cares about that, and all that good stuff, because I know that they do. I know that, you know, whatever. But that doesn't define me as what I meant to say. What you think of me, does not define me. Now that does not give me a passage to go out or a right to go out and to be against you. That does not give me the right to talk about you. That does not give me the right to complain about you. When I sit down with my beautiful sponsor, we sit down and we say, "Okay, baby girl, we're not working on on, on their inventory. We're not working on their wrongs. We're not looking at that. We're looking at your inventory. We're looking at who it is that a man of is. We're looking at what is it that we need to hand over to God. And I remember Paul in the Bible, he talks about this thorn in the flesh. And he talks about how you know, he asked God to remove the servants. Nobody knows what it is. because the truth doesn't matter. We all have that thorn in the flesh. It might be an insecurity. It might be a fear. It might be an addiction. It might be, I don't know. It might be your pride part of, you know, this egotistical version of yourself that says, you know, everyone needs to think that, you know, I'm, I'm a success, everyone needs to think that my family is solid, and the truth is, is that you're fighting with your wife, the truth is your kids barely know who you are, and get you go to church and My prayer and my, 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 thought process is not to change, but to bring the truth to light, because when the truth is brought to light, God can then cover that. We cannot cover what we're hiding and what we're holding on to. If we're not leaving space for grace, God cannot come in. He is a gentleman. He says, he says, I will wait for you. He says, I'm not willing that any should perish, but many do. Many people do slip away in the thralls of addiction and people die too young. And, you know, people get divorced several times and all this stuff. Does that make them wrong? Does that make them bad people? No. It makes them people. It makes them, just like you and me, it makes them flawed. If you've never struggled with an addiction, like, it's funny to me when I call them normal people, civilians, right? When they ask me questions about being alcoholic, they have this underlying idea, now that I'm on the other side of, of obsessing about that drink. They have this idea that somehow we wake up every morning like, oh my god, what do I have to do to stay away from this drink today? And it a the vibe. The drink provided a solution. The drink allowed me to be in control of that solution. The drink allowed me to cut off God, to cut off people, to cut off family, to cut off church, to cut off anything good that I could have could have come up with. Why? Because I wanted to be in control of the solution. So you might not have a drug problem, you might not have a drug problem, but you might have a self-centered problem, you might have a way to keep all your secrets to yourself, and by secrets, I mean that your spotlight, right, we think the secrets sometimes, I think of secrets sometimes, as these things that we did in the dark, you know, in a back alley somewhere, or whatever, like it's, a, I'm sorry, but my brain is always grandiose, <laughs> I'm always thinking, like, to the extreme, it's like, do or die. And it's like, well, can we do or don't? Like, does it happen to be do or die? Yes. You know, and let's get this devil and bury the dead bodies. Like, wait, this is the way my brain works. And uh, that's the brain that God gave me. It's the mind that God gave me. And uh, it's fun when I meet other people that also have the same, you know, crazy thought life. But what that means for someone like me is that when my brain goes from, you know, doom and gloom, right, that I need to let God in more. And the, the secrets that, that keep me sick are the ones that say, you know, hey, i am just thinking about uh, sleeping with some random person or going on a one-night stand or doing these things. Am I proud of these thoughts? No, I'm not proud of these thoughts. But if I release that thought and I talk to another person about them, a person that I trust, a person that I know is going to point me to God, a person that I know that's going to point me towards a solution, all of a sudden that thought then can reveal the heart matter. It then reveals the fear that says I'm not enough. It then reveals the fear that says I am humbled because I had a good income and now I don't. And now I feel like God and I are in abusive relationships. Four months ago, I lost my job and a text message from my best friend. And it shattered me. And honestly, it wasn't wasn't the finances that shattered me. It was the loss of the relationship. It was the fact that I tried to make an amends uh, and clean my side of the street, and I felt it wasn't accepted, ergo, I got fired, and so, so many things went through my head, and a lot of it was this lie that tells me that I'm not enough, this lie that tells me that I'll never be enough, this lie that tells me that I'm just gonna be, uh, my, my, I call him my ex, um, you know, we were together for seven and a half years, off and on, and, uh, he was very emotionally abusive. He did not necessarily call me his girlfriend, but we did everything boyfriends and girlfriends would normally do. Um, according to him, I was, whatever. It's not that's another story for another time. But I remember he would tell me that I was just quite fresh. He would tell me that because I went to a Bible college that I was completely stupid. I remember one time living in Lee City, Texas. He told. The, uh, the maintenance, like you said, it, in front of the maintenance guy, you know, that I had an IQ lower of a mentally retarded person. And the maintenance guy looked at him and he said, you really shouldn't be talking to her that way. And he's like, well, the truth hurts. And so when I got fired from this job and I was treated the same way by this woman that I loved and I adored, I felt the exact same way. You're just a piece of crap anyway. And the truth is, is no one can tell me that I'm a piece of crap. Nobody can tell me that I'm stupid if I don't already believe it myself. The thing that the program taught me of of AA and working these 12 steps that are biblically based, just so you know, and hopefully that doesn't scare anybody because it doesn't come across that way. But when I started working this discipleship program, it started to show me who I was and where I was at fault. And the truth was is when I when I made that first four step that talked about my resentments, my fears, these things that I was bitter at, these things that I drank at, and all of a sudden I wrote that last column that said, what's my part? And I did my fifth step that, that said, you know, you basically airing out any dirty laundry you want to air out or any clean laundry that you think is clean that might actually, whatever. Get it all out and talk to another person about all this crazies that you've done. What I saw, was that I was projecting those same fears and beliefs about myself onto them. So here I am at it, Jeremy, for calling me a piece of crap and calling me stupid, but I already believed it about myself. Here I was hurt over Melissa dumping me. Whatever. But the truth was, is I already felt insecure and that I was a person that should be dumped anyway. And that's just simply not the truth. But the thing is today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, nobody can tell you anything that you don't already believe about yourself. So when something gets said a little sideways or when something gets said a little bit that you don't quite understand, it then just confirms what you're already believing about yourself. So when God tells us in his word to take every thought captive, it is these thoughts. It is very easy to play that blame game and that root of bitterness starts to make its roots down around our hearts. It starts to make its roots down around our minds and around our thoughts. And these roots that are growing of bitterness are these weeds that are choking out the very life that God has been trying to put in. So that's how you can go to church for 30 years and still be depressed. That's how you can go to church for 30 years and have an addiction problem. That's how you can go to church for 30 years and divorce your wife, and maybe still be married to your wife, but you're miserable and you hate it and you wish that there was a way out and you feel terrible for thinking these thoughts. But if you were to get honest about those thoughts, you'd be able to uncover the truth of what's really going on. You be able to discover what it is and who it is that God has called you to be, and that God has already written down in the inside of your heart. But because you need to go to church and you need to put on a show and you need to go to church and you need to wear the the shirt and tie and you you need to just show up. And we don't want to talk about you know the son that's in prison. We don't want to talk about the the daughter that got knocked up. Three different times by three different men. We don't want to talk about that because then all of a sudden that version of ourselves that we have projected on other people starts to crumble. But the truth is, is when that picture starts to crumble, that's when God can come in. The truth is, is that when that picture starts to crumble and that truth is brought to light, that God's got grace for it. And yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, it's going to be scary. Yes, it's going to be all those things. It's going to be uncomfortable. Why? Because we are so used to the familiar. I am used to the lie that I'm not enough. I am used to the lie that I am not pretty. I am used to the lie that I am inferior to my sister. I grew up with a twin sister and she just was prettier than me and she hit puberty and all that stuff. But the truth is, is we're twins you know, we look exactly alike. <laughs> and here I am seriously feeling ugly. Like, you know, that's pride in reverse. Pride in reverse is sitting here thinking so lowly of yourself, right? And somehow that, that makes me more of a spiritual person, all this stuff. And it's just crazy. It's just not true. So as we wrap up 2023, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to make those changes to the diet. Yes, have Christmas cookies and have eggnog and enjoy yourself. But today's the day to start that moderation. When these holidays come up, it is not the time to sit here and to overindulge and then shame yourself for the next three months. Stop it. There's a spiritual issue going on in the inside and the chances are you might be trying to feel better. I know a lot of people that feel better with food. You know, that feel better through overindulging. You know, one sin is not worse or greater or better than or whatever. It's all the same. Because underneath the majority of it, something somewhere, somehow, is telling us that we're not enough and it's just not the truth. You are fearfully and wonderfully made you have purpose. If you're alive this morning, you have purpose. If you woke up and you got diagnosed with ALS, you have purpose. If you woke up this morning and you found out last night that you can't have children, you have purpose. If you woke up this morning and you realized that the spouse handed you the divorce papers, you have purpose. If you woke up this morning and you buried your spouse a few weeks ago, a few days ago, you've got purpose. I know it's hard. I know it sucks. And I know it doesn't seem like you're going to get through, but you are. Because you are more than a conqueror. And if God is living within you, everything is possible. Not anything, everything is possible. So my encouragement to you today is do not wait to January 1st to start these seemingly New Year's resolutions. This is a way that God wants to transform us. It says, be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we do that? By taking those thoughts captive be you transformed. It doesn't say, be you conformed to this world. No, don't be conformed to religion. Don't be conformed to your church. It's the same thing. Be conformed to who it is and transformed, excuse me, not conformed, but be transformed by who it is that God says that you are. So that way, when you go to church, maybe you look a little different than what everybody else looks and that's fine. And it's fine that they're all wearing, you know, the same thing. You be you. You be who it is that God has called you to be. And you stand proud in that. Because God didn't call you to be that person that you keep wanting to be like. God didn't call you to be your sister or your brother or your daddy or your mama or your boss or whatever. God called you to be you. Stand in that. Be proud in that. And as this holiday season is going around, please be encouraged to slow down and to invite God in. Because when we pause and we invite God in, all of a sudden... We realize that I'm not the one that's doing it. It's God. May I decrease so that you can increase. Not my will, but yours be done. That is my heart cry. Thank you so much for listening. Happy Tuesday. Happy birthday, Heather. I love you guys so much. And I pray that we all have the best day ever.